It's a dreadful call and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Hot Boy Summer is officially over, fellas, and we are back. The Premier League is back today. If you're listening to this on Friday, if you're listening to it on Saturday, well, I hope you're awake at 7 in the morning because there's football on. If you're listening to it on Sunday, well, why didn't you listen to it on Friday? Because there's two games today. It's good to be back. I'm excited. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got Alex Moss. We got Javier Revelo. Whole crew's here today, and we got a big pod for you. And we've got another pod coming after this. There's a lot of Ghost Gold content coming, so be ready for it. Be ready to sit in front of your TV, mute Arlo White and that NBC broadcast, and listen to us talk about the footy. You know you want to. Or mute us while you play FIFA. It's the best way to grow the podcast, at, at Ghost Gold Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So today... What we're going to do, last week we looked at the mid-table and the relegation zone. Today we're going to look at the big race, the only race that matters. It's not just a top two race. It's the top six race. We'll break down all of that. Then we're going to give you our winner of the cha- winner of the Premier League, our team that's going to drop out of the top six, our golden boot winner, our young player of the year, and our player of the year. And additionally, we'll take a look ahead at all the biggest games coming up in the Premier League this weekend. Fellas, how are we doing? I'm fantastic. I'm I'm ecstatic. Slight maybe maybe even maybe even close to delusional. We'll see. We'll see what happens later on these pods. I can't promise anything, uh, but Javier, just a heads up, you I never just, really I'm so happy you never right really now. very far from uh, delusional. Uh, so good that's evening. pretty normal good to evening. us. If you're delusional today, what the hell were you on last season is the only thing I want to know. <laughs> uh all right, let's get to the first thing on the top of the list here, which was as I look through our super long, all right, we've got we've got our preseason preview. Do we have enough to talk about, Andrew? I just want to make sure. Do I, I, do we have enough content? I really don't to know. Film? I think we have enough for four podcasts. <laughs> Listen, honest. I could sit here and talk to myself and record it about what I think about Chelsea for about an hour and a half before I ran out of things to say. So uh, that probably means I'm going to hit a wall as soon as we get to the Chelsea portion of this. But yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start with our champions, uh, Manchester City, who added another piece this week on top of Rodri. They now add uh, Joao Cancelo from from Manchester City. I was talking to a Manchester City fan in my office, and basically um, they went to Juventus, gave them money and a heaping pile of shit, and then took their right back. So because Danilo now is is at Juventus, uh, they add an attacking fullback to their to their already plethora of riches but then the news came out today that Leroy Sané is expected to miss a significant amount of time picking up an ACL injury during their Oh no, Riyad um, Mahrez gets to play a lot now. Or Bernardo Silva. <laughs> right. Or oh, oh, only only multiple like Manchester City's player of the year last year and then the player of the year in the Premier League like 2 years before that. It's just like Okay. Mars, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now maybe they run a five-three-two because now they could run Jao Cancelo as a, as a right wing back as as well. So like, it's not like they're totally not stacked to potentially win another Premier League title, uh, a potentially a third in a row. Um, major players leaving Manchester City. Uh, it, it does. Uh, Vincent Company is a big one. We talked about that last year, but it's it's not as big as anything. It's not a big big loss for them in my mind. It, okay, it's 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 a big loss from a sort of intangible standpoint. You know, when John Terry leaves the dressing room at Chelsea after not playing at all during the 2016-17 season, but still being like a big influence in the dressing room and maybe getting some spot minutes here and there. There's a big gap. There's been a big gap in leadership ever since then at Chelsea. Just to use an example, I, I, there's a scenario where Maybe certain players fail to really step into the leadership role at Manchester City, and they do fall off. But I, I just trust the, <laughs> I just trust everything else about that Manchester City team that they're probably going to be okay d- despite losing their biggest leader. And he did play a lot at the end of last season. Scored the decisive goal, obviously, but he played it. He played yes. a lot. 
Um, and they also added Angelina to play left back, uh, which which was uh, opening the door for Fabian Delft to join Everton along with like eight other billion people in the last 24 hours, apparently. Uh, they lose Danilo to Juventus, um, and they... Look, this team, we've said it all already. They're stacked. They're fit to win everything again. Um, we're going to continue talking about them more in the next in the next bit, so I don't want to spend too much time on them. Liverpool had a very quiet window. No major signings in, but the key thing for me was in years, as that has been popular in years past, no key players out. Uh, they signed Adrian earlier this week, from who was at West Ham. He was available on a free. He replaces Simon Mignolet, who's going back to, to the Belgian League. He's going to Club Bruges. They had Sepp Vanderberg, who's a center back, uh, can also play a little bit of wing back and even potentially in midfield. Um, oh, no, I'm thinking of Kinjan Ya, their, their other Dutch young player. Yeah, yeah. That kid, the, watch out for that kid. I, I'm expecting big things from him. And then they add Harvey Elliott, who's a midfielder from Fulham, who was a lifelong Liverpool fan. Uh, that, that fee is going to be tried on a, uh, a tribunal, similar to the same thing that happened with Solanke and uh, uh, Danny Ings when he came from Burnley to us. Uh, so those are the only major additions at Liverpool. I'm not – look, this team, is, this team has everything that they needed, and there was really – not many players who were going to come in and be willing to play second fiddle, and Liverpool weren't going to break straight uh, wage structure to do that. Uh, players leaving, Danny Ings, who we knew about, he goes and signs with Southampton. Uh, Harry Wilson was loaned to Bournemouth this week, which is telling for him. I thought he would have stayed, especially with all the cup games that we have coming going on, but I think he's going to get regular appearances at Bournemouth, which is either going to A, lead to a sale, or B, he's going to potentially return to Liverpool, maybe even in the middle of the season, and come back and pick up games. Marco Grijic, the talented midfielder, goes again on loan to Hertha Berlin. I don't know what's up with this kid. I thought he would have stayed. He gets to go and play more game time. I have a feeling they're going to just sell him. And Albert Mer Alberto Moreno and Daniel Sturridge. But yeah, Alberto Moreno and Daniel Sturridge, bye. Thanks, thanks for your service. See you later. They'll be um, missed. I, actually, I think Alberto Moreno will be missed a lot in the locker room because he was just a big, like, keeps the locker room light. Now you're Benjamin Mendy. Yes, except Benjamin Mendy is good at football. Right, but they play about as much as each other. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Chelsea, quiet summer, obviously going on with the transfer ban. Mateo Kovacic is the only, like, official signing that was made this summer because they were able to pick up the loan. Uh, after the loan, they buy him for 45 million euros. Christian Pulisic joins them for Borussia Dortmund, which is why I'll be watching pretty much every Chelsea game I can. Kurt Zuma, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Mishi Basuai, and Reese James are all back for Chelsea from their loans. Alex, of all those players who are back, who would you say is the one that excites you the most to watch in a Chelsea uniform? I might come out of left field a little bit with, uh, with this one, but I'm going to say Reese James, the right back. Like, no, I, that was easy. I was about to say it's Reese like, well, James. I, because I talk, I talk to Javier all day, every day about these players, even when they're on loan at Wigan, for example, for Reese James. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot more questions about Tammy Abraham. It's a bit more of like a volatile one, though he has proven it at like championship level. And Mason Mount just seems kind of like undeniable at this that's point. That's the one so that I'd not... be pretty hyped to see in the Premier League. I'm stoked to watch. But him. that's the thing. I'm like we we him. all know that he's going to be good. It's not really there's not really like a doubt. Like Reese James, we've only seen one year of, and it was at Wigan in the Championship, and he absolutely made that whole league his bitch. <laughs> like, he was he was unstoppable and eventually got moved into center midfield and was dominant there. Uh, so I'm really excited. He's injured right now and he hasn't played in preseason, which is kind of a downer. But it's just like a sprained ankle, so he'll be back and I'm sure he'll be Aspilicueta's like regular uh, backup and met, might even pop up in midfield for us at some point. So keep your keep an eye out for him. Then we go to departures. Obviously, Eden Hazard was the big one. David Luiz, which came down in the waning hours this morning, he leaves for Arsenal for eight million pounds. Uh, and then you've got uh, several players. The Ethan Ampadu goes on loan to Rebel Leipzig. Gary ha Gary Cahill's now at Crystal Palace. He left on a free, and uh, they got m some of Danny Drinkwater off the roster. He's at Burnley on loan, but Chelsea is still picking up some of the wages on that one. And then other than that, you've got a couple guys who are from the uh, the loan army who were sold. Uh, that brings us to. Let's go to Tottenham, who I should, probably should have hit and, and let me, as they finished well, third. Well, let me just say, no, Chelsea finished third. That's why 
I put us third. Oh, that's right. Yeah, come on, Andrew. Oh, I forgot about Throw a little that. respect on last was... season's Chelsea. I know we don't have Hazard anymore, but we did finish third. I was just about to just about to mention that. That's the only reason I have this ordered the way it is ordered. Uh, I completely forgot. Just assumed that they finished third place. Speaking of Tottenham, they bring in Ndombele from Lyon, 60 million euros. That's their transfer record. They bring in Lo Celso from Real Betis. He's an attacking midfielder and central midfielder with a loan option to buy. Uh, they bring in Ryan Sessegnon, left wing slash left wing back from Fulham for 25 million pounds. Jack Clark, the right winger from Leeds, but he's loaned back to Leeds. Kieran Trippier leads for Atletico Madrid. Vincent Janssen leaves for CONCACAF in Mexico to play with Monterey for 9 million euros. Cameron Carter-Vickers, the American, goes on loan to Stoke. Fernando Llorente is released, as is Michel Vorm. What do you guys think of these Tottenham moves? I mean, they were hot linked to Paulo Dybala for a second there. They almost got Coutinho on loan. But what do you guys think of this Giovanni Lo Celso guy? Uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of him, just from what I've seen of him in the few Betis games I've seen, but mostly from his escapades with Argentina. It just seems like, I mean, he's a very skilled player, a technical player, and I'm sure under Pochettino, he'll be groomed to be a Premier League player probably pretty quickly. Just, I mean, the fact that he's able to been able to make players like Sissoko, um, you know, like Kieran Trippier at times, uh, Ben Davis. I mean, a lot of players punch above their weight under Pochettino, and I think he'll he might be able to do the same thing with Lo Celso, But I don't think he's an Eriksson replacement for when Erickson eventually leaves, um, which it's, I mean, it's still possible he leaves in this window. There's still three weeks left for departures. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be, he'll be a good player, but I don't think he'll be great. I think his, do, do you mean he's not good enough to replace Erickson or that they wouldn't try to replace Erickson with him? I think you need multiple players to replace a player like Erickson, like in this team, sure. it's just the goals and assists that he brought. I don't think LaCelso will be yeah. getting anywhere close to the goals or assists. He may be a good technical player, skilled, like nice, nice to watch, but I think he'll be a bit soft. And I just, I think it's, it's really hard for players coming from, uh, you know, just especially I think Italy and, and Spain coming to the Premier League, initially adapting um, as opposed to, you know, the German and the French leagues, which I just, I think they're a little bit faster paced, a little bit more physical. Um, and those, those other leagues are more Spain, technical. Spain, I'm, Spain's really more technical. Spain. I mean, there's, not, a, there's not very probably many. Probably on the like, same level as the Premier League. Yes, in terms of like I skill, I agree. But not in terms like week of... week to week and intensity. Exactly. And like, I don't know if the, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. If he was maybe coming straight from France, I'd probably agree with you like to some level. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I think that Lo Celso will be... Uh, good but not great, and I think he'll probably be a Tottenham player for a long time. Like I think this is probably his level of club. I don't think he belongs on like a PSG like where he was before. So he's twenty three, Argentinian, and scored uh, sixteen. I mean, there's a yeah. reason why PSG didn't want him and sent him to Betis. Well, know? also too, they like, I mean they've had that they've rotated that midfield around, and I feel like he needed development. And then Betis came in with a decent price for him, and they were like, "Fuck it, why not?" Uh, but yeah, he scored 16 goals for, for Betis in 45, uh, 45 appearances last year. I don't know. I feel like he's definitely one to watch. I, I don't know if he's going to be explosive in his first year, but I, again, if he had come in at the beginning of the summer when he was talked about, like we were talking, I remember seeing rumors about this in like late July or early July. If he had come in. Yeah, it's crazy. So it took them so long. Yeah, to get exactly. It. I feel like that's a yeah. bad job out of Spurs there. Uh, next one up is Arsenal who have made a flurry of, uh, uh, there was one more about Tottenham, Sessegnon, I think. Yeah. It's just worth mentioning that they've been after him for years and finally got him. I'm sh- I mean, we'll talk about it more on the transfer pod, but I think Tottenham, that'll be another good one to, uh, you know, that Pochettino could probably whip into into a very, he's very raw, but you, you could see that if that guy, if this guy gets, you know, molded into something, he could be a gem. So let's get that brings us to Arsenal, who made a flurry of moves today. Nicolas Pepe was the big one. He comes in, the forward slash winger from Lille, comes in on an 80 million euros uh, deal. David Luiz, the center back from Chelsea, made his transfer today for 8 million pounds. Kieran Trippier, the left back from Celtic, the highest transfer ever for a Scottish league player, and I believe a Scottish player, 25 million pounds. That came through today. We talked about Danny Ceballos, the loan from Real Madrid uh, already. Gabriel Martinelli, the forward slash winger from Ituano. Uh, comes in six and a half million euros, and William Saliba, the center back from Saint Antienne, thirty million euros, but loaned back for the season. Departing, we had Koscielny leave 
to Bordeaux. That was like two days ago. David Ospina goes to Napoli. Uh, Aaron Ramsey and Danny Welbeck leave. And then they also had uh, Kristen Bilek. Bilek? I have no idea. Bilek. Some, Bilek. Yeah, fine. He goes to Derby uh, for 10 million pounds. I missed Eddie and Ketia. I went to Leeds on loan today. Forgot to put that one in, but that's uh, fine. Also, did I think was it has it Wobi been yeah, confirmed yeah. I'm official? Yeah, pretty sure that's official. Okay, I yeah I believe you're right. Uh, I think it is. I just, it is. Yeah, I, Alex I, I put it for, in Everton's ins million. and forgot to put it in Arsenal's outs. Yeah, <laughs> and they got a lot for him somewhere somewhere in the range from like thirty to four thirty five to forty million pounds for him is what I is what I was reading earlier today, which is a lot for. A guy in Alex Wobie who hasn't done much in the Premier League, uh, and he's homegrown. Yeah, so we didn't pay anything for him. Javier, I mean, we, we invested time into him, obviously. But Javier, how did you feel about how did you feel about the last couple of days with Arsenal? I mean, the rumors were flying around. I mean, I've I've been yeah. I mean, I th- I think it's been a good job. Uh, I thought if we'd gotten someone like an Upamecano, which was rumored in the in the last day that we came in with two pretty big bids. You know, I th- if if that was if that's true, that you know, we were still going after players like that, which it looks like it. You know, we were. Um, we ended up with David Louise, but I'm still very very happy with how this window's gone. And um, I mean, I think we I should. Mean, we got a launch. We got a launch into the David Louise thing. <laughs> we yeah. got a launch into that. Yeah, we will. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. But it, I mean, I think overall, it's, it's been a very good summer for Arsenal. I think we addressed a lot of problems we had reinforced uh every area you know our back line our midfield and our attack and i think we got a lot of players that are going to mesh well in emory system and with the players that we already have just yeah i thought that the the players picked have been very very good especially just in the last couple of summers i thought last summer our transfer window was very good this summer i think it's you know even even better by in a lot of ways, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the the management that's you know doing this. Like I think that this is the right direction to be going. My so. biggest my biggest criticism is still the it's the same thing that I kind of had with Spurs. You wait so long late in the summer to get everything, and now some of these guys aren't going to be ready to play for a couple weeks, and they're gonna. I mean, fine, they might be fit and ready for the summer, but you still have to adjust. I think that I think that's a little that's, overblown. I, I was talking with. Someone on the Twitter earlier today who was complaining about the David Luiz transfer, basic, basically saying that like it, it was too late. What you just mentioned, how it's too late. It's not really like going to be integrated into the team. And I sort of came to the conclusion that it doesn't it doesn't matter like what the time is. Arsenal needed a player, any kind of center back, uh, especially one with experience. Uh, you're not going to have to worry about David Luiz adjusting to a new league, adjusting to a standard of play. He's 32 years old. He's been playing at a good enough level, probably a better level than most of Arsenal's other center backs for the last, like, like for most of his career since he was at PSG before Chelsea and Chelsea before that. It, it's 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 kind of a no-brainer. Like, it doesn't really matter how late in the day it is. Also, the season is long as hell. We're going from August to next May. You know, it's no sh- there's no shortage yeah, really of games happy to, to get him integrated. That's fair. It's still a big one on Sunday against uh, Newcastle, who just I bet bought he plays. Carroll back. I bet he plays. You d- okay. Okay. All right. Let's go to Manchester United. Uh, the only transfer that they, they made that we haven't had a chance to talk about was they bring in Harry Maguire from Leicester City. 87 million euros. I believe it was like 85 million pounds, which was 10 million pounds more than Virgil van Dijk. Which riddle me this? What is Virgil Van Dyke worth? Uh, players out. The new one was Romelu Lukaku. They get him off their wage bill. He goes to Inter for sixty-five million euros. That one took weeks to get done, but he's gone. And the big news is that they really didn't address another by bringing in another striker. They were close. Apparently, Paulo Dybala rejected them. They were quote-unquote offered Coutinho. But I don't think that was ever really going to happen. Apparently, Arsenal, Spurs, and United all offered Coutinho. How did you guys feel about Harry Maguire coming to United? I, I mean, it's a little tangential, but I was going to say there goes my Leicester pick to challenge the top six. Yeah. Because I assumed they were just going to get someone else uh, between selling Maguire and the end of the window, but it doesn't look like they did. So they're kind of in like a West Ham position right now. Really good. Uh, up front and pretty good in the midfield, but at the back it's going to be it's going to be tough. 
Um, but from Manchester United, Dan Lovren was linked. By the way, was he really? That would that would have been interesting. I would I would have liked that. That would have been that would have been so peak Brendan. That's, that's like, also that that's also Brent- like about his level too. You know, like yeah, I would agree with that. So he's our he's the fourth choice but, center back. At but in terms of Manchester United, the the Maguire transfer for me, and this will bleed into what we're going to talk about next. The Maguire transfer, I think, it put them into the top four uh, for me in terms of my my predictions. Um, uh, basically addressing half of their back line, which was like 75% of their problem last season, uh, that that takes the cake for me. And I'm, that's assuming that David De Gea has returned to form and he's still – and he goes back to a world-class level, um, having better players in front of him and a more settled team. Well, what about losing Romelu Lukaku? How are they going to replace those goals? Well – they didn't it's, buy it's, anyone. It's all it. it's all it's leaning on Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial to like make that world class yeah, league. He's and they're both they're both kind of injury injury prone. They're so. they're I don't they're big on this Mason yeah. Greenwood kid. Yeah. Every every United every United person that I've read is like this Mason we, Greenwood we talk, is supposed to be the yeah. And you think that's like a shoe that you think this is a shoe in for top uh, four? Like they're they're relying on 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 players who have never gotten. We, we above, can like, shift to that conversation if you want, in, but in I'm just season. I'm just making the case yeah. that uh, United, as terrible as they were for last season, it was obviously like a really a really up and down I season. I don't think Maguire's gonna is the is like the big defensive improvement. I think like like it's, Aaron well, no, Wan Bissaka is the but one. But those two those two together, Wan Bissaka by himself. I don't. I, I know you said he was gonna shut down. I don't think Maguire's like that different of a center back from Smalling. Like. He's not that much better than Smalling. Well, I really don't think he is. I mean, I, I there's think, a reason why Smalling still plays would, on the English team. A lot team. of people would disagree with that, you know. Like, no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm sure. I, I do think Maguire's better, but I, I don't think it's like it's like a chasmic ca- difference between the two of them. And I don't think they're getting like that much of a different player in Maguire as to Smalling. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a massive difference in their back line having you know one or the in other. In terms of style like, of play, Maguire's his passing, passing range, range is definitely uh, better. His, 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 his like passing th- range is definitely better than Smalling's. His threat on set pieces it's probably better than all those things. He's, he's got like, he is the best center back at United, and it's not even a conversation. But at the same time, I don't want it to sound like I'm putting Maguire at the same level as like Van Dyke. I don't think United have like a title push or anything. Right, I don't think he is. But I think they'll get top four. I I want to talk about this a little bit later, but I also think there's a huge chance, and Connor mentioned this to us, Javier, and it's been sticking in my brain ever since. This is my cousin who's a United fan. I think there's a huge chance that Paul Pogba just has a huge Eden Hazard last Damn season. It. like season. Damn it! And he just, that was my fucking take. Okay, man. He's a great player. I get it. He also wants to go to Real Madrid, and he's just seen Eden Hazard play his ass off for a whole season, win a major trophy, and get his move because he – got into his club's good graces. I'm pretty sure Paul Pogba is going to do a lot to try and do something similar. United value him at 160 million pounds and he hasn't played up to it yet. They have said, we will let you go if you will be sold for your valuation. All he has to do is ball out this year. He balls out this year. Real Madrid will be willing to go and buy. Guaranteed. I'm, I'm not making a sweeping declaration. That's what's going to happen. But I think there's a perfect path. You think Manchester United, a club, a club as big as them, are just going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a, your best season. Yeah, ever because they can go out and buy a replacement. I, I they can go out and happening. buy a replacement. Bruno Fernandez isn't going anywhere. Doesn't look like. But that's not that's not a way to go up. That's just going sideways. That's what like, they've been doing since Ferguson left, anyways. Yeah, but I don't know. I, this isn't uh, making sense to me. You guys also, are saying, do we want to just shift to the top four? Even though I think shift to yeah, we should. About? We should. But but I'll I'll counter this with you, Javier. They also have massive debt, which is why they like. Don't get me wrong. Like like Ole said, going into the summer, if a player doesn't want to be here, I don't want him here. But at the same time, the club has financial issues off the field. If you like, if you look into this, like they are not at a point where they can afford to sell Pogba for less than he's worth. They'd rather keep him, try to get back to the top four, and appease their like. This is the the problem with United is a combination of on the field but also off the field branding because of the way the club is. It's very like it's very but I agree with Alex. I think Pogba goes off this year, has another like has one of those years where he shows the rest of everybody else that I'm good and gets his move eventually. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Arsenal Arsenal right. are right there with them for top 4 and I've been kind of pouring over this for the last like week or something. 
uh, once United signed Maguire, I was pretty confident. I was like, yeah, okay, they're going to be top four. And then Arsenal, I was thinking if they did sign, you know, someone like an Upamecano, the, who you mentioned earlier, the center back from RB Leipzig, at, I would have been completely stumped. But instead they got David Luiz, who is a slightly better Shkrodan Mustafi with better passing range. And for every five terrible games he gives you, he'll give you one world-class game. So yeah, good luck with that over a 38-game season. I, for one, as a Chelsea fan, are happy. I'm happy to be seeing Zuma and Christensen and Fukayo Tomori get the time that David Luiz threw a hissy fit about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good luck to you guys. You, you probably needed one more center back, and I probably would have put you in. Uh, Alex, you want to give your top four then? Since you well, teased it. Well, we can pretty much all confirm Man City and Liverpool as our top two. I wasn't mm-hmm. courageous enough to pull the trigger on Tottenham second over Liverpool. Uh, but yeah, then I have Tottenham third and Manchester United fourth. But it's going to be close. I had... Yeah, I have Liverpool, City, Spurs, United. Uh, I is, mean, the, is this where the Arsenal wins the league pick comes in? Come on, man! I did that my first first. No, 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 no! I this isn't. We I would have had. We would have needed to get a Upamecano and uh, and David Luiz, and then I would have been like, <laughs> "That's all it would have taken. Uh, one more player. One more player." Right. No, no, no! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I have Man City winning the league as well. With Liverpool in second, and. Uh, you know, I this is hard. I, I think Tottenham will finish above no, you Arsenal, don't. You don't. but I have Arsenal in fourth. I'll, I'll have Arsenal in fourth. I, I can't have us finishing out of top four with this summer window. So, I think I think we've addressed enough of our problems to uh, to make that top four push. There we go. All right, our next one is I think we we all have the same team. Team that's currently in the top six that's most likely to fall out. Uh, hand up, we all have Chelsea. So I'll give my reason. Well, 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 real quick, I just want to uh, link these two segments real quick. What What do you think the chances are that Chelsea do have one of those crazy seasons out of nowhere, uh, completely intangible, no one can really predict it, and manage to make top four? Like, what do you think the chances of that are? If you had to give a see, if you had to give yeah, a percentage, I would put under. I would put it between fifteen and twenty percent. Okay, that's higher than I had. Nope. <laughs> I had like I had like ten percent. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Ten percent's fair. Uh, yeah, it would go like five. We, to yeah, 10%. actually, yeah, five to ten percent. And here's why: we knew where the goals came from last year. They, he's not there, and I'm excited to watch Pulisic. Everything I've seen him do in a Chelsea uniform so far has looked good. But at the same time, you know he's a, he might start hot, but you know he's going to hit a wall eventually. And he's never been. I also he hasn't been asked to be the sole creator of goals. I mean, he won't be and for Chelsea I'm either. It's going to be know, very spread around. It's not going to be. It. I yeah. What I'm concerned about is where the goal is coming from and who is creating them. I mean, I know it's a different system than Sarri's last year, and and Frank's got some new things that he's going to try and. But I, I'm generally concerned with, and I think the defense will be good, and the, the base of midfield will be good because you have the best defensive midfielder in the world in N'Golo Conte. But I still just question how are you going to score goals? Because at the end of the day, you have to score more goals than the other team to win. Yeah, Javier, give your reasons why you think Chelsea will drop out of the top six. And not. I mean, just because you guys didn't have a summer transfer window, it's, like, pretty obvious. If you guys had had a summer transfer window, you guys would absolutely, like, most likely be pushing for, you know, the, the, the top four spots. But I just think that United and Arsenal have improved enough that, you know, it's not going to be easy for you guys to catch up with our improvements. That's all. So, obviously, I agree with you guys that I have Chelsea as the most likely team. Like, I, I would say if you – simulated this season like a hundred times 50 maybe like 40 percent of those times Chelsea the team that drops out of the top six someone like Everton or someone like Wolves jumps over us and gets in but there was a nine point gap between Manchester United in sixth last season and uh, Wolves in seventh like that's a pretty sizable gap considering that the third through six teams I think combined we won like three of our last five games, like all put together. So 20 games total, there were three wins for those four teams. Uh, that was a record worst end of a season by by us, basically. I can say us. Uh, 
and there was still a nine point gap between the uh, that and the rest of the the Premier League. So I, I I think Chelsea focusing in on us. I think we still have as a whole a good enough team to maintain at least that nine point gap and stay in the top six. That's probably that's probably the totally most likely outcome. We finish six. Yeah. Uh, maybe we flirt with falling into mid table a couple times with some bad runs of form, but we eventually figure it out and get back on track and at least finish it at the floor level of six. You know what I think you guys could do? I think you you could easily get out of your Champions League group stage, and then with you know one or two good matchups, you could even you know get to like a a, a Champions League quarterfinal or semifinal. I think that's possible with this young group of players, like exciting group that if Frank suddenly got them playing something electrifying, I think that would be the avenue where you could go do something. I don't think they would have the pedigree to go and like win a competition like that or even something like the FA Cup, but. I think they could make a deep run. I think the FA Cup is probably like the most likely uh, thing we would go for. Carabao Cup has kind of been our downfall the last like three seasons where those two semifinals that you have to play, the two legs in January, right after Christmas, uh, right when the FA Cup is starting up, uh, the the congestion just gets really hectic around then. And that's when our team has like fallen off as a whole in in the league, especially the last few seasons, if we weren't on a run of trying to win the league. Uh, so I, I think the I think there is a possibility that this team as a whole, with like the one one to three like major additions, because let's face it, all the kids aren't going to get to play every single game. It's probably going to be mostly Zuma, uh, Tammy Abraham, and uh, Pulisic, who's come back on loan. Those are like the new additions, basically. It's uh, they, they can add to this team that was third in the league in expected goals allowed so we allowed the third fewest chances in the in the league last season but we conceded the most goals out of the top six we also had the third most expected goals forced where we created the third most chances behind city and liverpool city and liverpool had the one and two and those other the other category too so we basically have the third best team when eden hazard's there We've lost him. We're spreading out a bit more of the creativity. And I'm optimistic that, you know, dividing everything, we have enough players that we can like effectively divide it to at least finish top six. And there is the very small chance that someone like a Tammy Abraham, someone like a Mason Mount, someone like Pulisic, maybe even, reaches a new level. Maybe a few of them do, reaches another level, and we actually challenge for top four. But I'm, I wouldn't bet anything on it. Like I said, 10% chance. And, you know, this season's about figuring out who the young players are that are good enough to build a, cha- a, a league-winning team out of. And that's all it is, you know. So it, and with that understood, it kind of makes sense why they sold David Louise because he's just taking minutes away from the players that we have to figure out if they're good enough. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. All right, let's move on. Let's go league winners. I'll let you two go first because you both have the same team. Manchester City had a – they dropped another, you know, hundreds of eight-figure sum on uh, – sorry, nine-figure sum on their back line slash defense. Um, just, I mean, absolutely ridiculous, just the amount of money that they have at their disposal and that they're willing to spend even after having, you know, incredible seasons. They Every hole that they seemingly, you know, have, they always plug. It looks like Fernandinho is going to be moving to center back, so that company, like, loss, if you will, will I think Fernandinho is a pretty good leader and he's a good defender and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll transition great into that, I'm sure, later on in his career. And... Broadry looks, I mean, fantastic. I think he'll be awesome in that system and seems to be the absolutely perfect player for, for what Pep needs. And yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been telling Alex ever since Pep came to Manchester City that I've, I think this team's a dynasty. I thought they were a dynasty like since Pep got there. And I think every team he's got been at, he's created a team where even after he left, they continued winning titles. And I think that, in terms of like league format, I mean, he's the best manager ever. So uh, I, I don't think that I, I think that like four out of the next five years, you know, already two of those have happened, but 
uh, City are going to win the league. So I think there's what there's probably room for one year out of these next five for someone else to win, and it's probably going to be Liverpool. But I just I I don't think it's going to be this year. If Liverpool had added like that's you know, the real uh, conversation, another piece in midfield, another another you know great defender or attacker. Then I would be like, okay, yeah, they they're gonna like, you know, they they wanna they they'll be on City's level, and you guys could maybe win. But like, you guys didn't add anything, so I just don't see how like I I can see City getting better. Like De Bruyne had a bad year last year, was barely a factor. He didn't have a bad year; he was injured. Um, yeah, Sane's out, but Sane. I mean, he, well, just he didn't he really play at all, right? Yeah. Last year, and sorry, yeah, he sorry. had a bad year. I'm sure for De Bruyne his standards, had a bad year. Have a good, and, you know, it hurts year. my feelings. It's like he didn't have a bad. He wasn't playing and was bad. He was no, injured. It, like, yeah, I'm just. I just saying, don't want like, people to misconstrue you yeah. that for you know De Bruyne was trash when he played. <laughs> but I basically, I'm, yeah, I just think they're a machine. I think Pep's a machine. Um, I think he instills. Like his mentality best in his players than any other coach, yeah. I just I, I I have so many good things to say, and I haven't I've yet to see him or any of his teams like fall apart in a league format. Like he wins at, so far since he's been in like Barcelona, at Bayern, and at City. Obviously, he had the one year of adjustment, like his first year at City. But since he's gotten rolling, I have yet to see that like his like league winning fall off. Like he just wins the league every year. So like until I see that pattern change, like I can't I can't like not consider him like Jose Mourinho beat him once right that was the only time he's lost in league format in his entire oh, well, like, and, Antonio, career Antonio Conte, outside of the like, one Antonio adjustment Conte. year at City. Yeah, okay. It's the outside of the one adjustment really year at City, which like <laughs> he was inheriting a really old and, and aging team and had to transition, but but I mean, but I was saying when he came first came to the Premier League, like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see, like, like City's like a pretty big job. Like, there was a lot of stuff that he needed to rebuild. There was a lot of players that needed to be flipped. And, like, he's done an incredible job. There's a young, vibrant team, uh, two full teams, basically, that either team you would say, okay, this team, like, would almost be capable of winning the Premier League. Like, two different full teams that City have, which nobody else has. So that's just yeah. That's why I think that they. I mean, they went super far in a bunch of competitions last year, and I just I just don't see that like golf in depth until like somebody shows me it, like until Liverpool can go out and buy two or three more players, even when they already have a league winning team, like a Champions League winning team. Then I'll be like, yeah, you guys, you guys are gonna get to win the league. But Pep does that every summer. Just goes and drops another hundred million on his back line. 50, 60 million in the midfield. He spent another 200 million this summer. I mean, I don't know. So, I don't know how you compete with that. So that's, I know we're shift, we're going to shift towards Liverpool's chances now, and you'll give the, the, the reasoning for that, Andrew, obviously. But I, I, I don't think it's – very, it's very hard to properly state how important it is to keep your squad relatively fresh. Uh, and in Liverpool's case, I think it really would have been as simple as, as one player. It, it's really yeah. I wanted a left back. Really, like I like no, my but like one player there. that would have played consistently. Because even because if you got brought in a left back, it would have been someone. Where are they going to play? Where are they going to play? Well, okay. The the thing like, I, I thought seriously. Liverpool were going to do this. Jurgen Klopp, his first two or three seasons, and I guess you could say this was because he was figuring out who his best players were and what the right team was. But his first two or three seasons at Liverpool, he was constantly rotating, and the players were keeping much more fresh for the end of the season. It, well, it felt it felt like it felt like last season. You guys were pretty reliant on like 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 eight to ten players. Like you could like I, I don't know. I liked the idea of maybe challenging Arsenal for Nicolas Pepe and or maybe trying to get Timo Werner. Nicolas Pepe wasn't okay. The Werner one I wanted. I'll give you. Right, that. But I'm just but saying these are the types of players, young no, players you haven't I got anything that. substantial and, and, yet that are happy to. If you guys went and got Werner, I would say, wow, okay, I, Liverpool could maybe win this the league. Is, uh, look, I trust Jurgen Klopp. I've trusted him from the get-go. The reason Liverpool are didn't go out and sign this summer was because Michael Edwards did too good of a job and signed young players who have developed well. Additionally, you had Naby Keita, who had a start-stop year last year. If he comes in and plays 30 games for Liverpool, don't tell me that's not somebody who could come in to make an impact because he didn't play much in our 97-point Premier League season last year. He made an inference impact in five to six games. If he comes in and plays 30 and plays the way he did at Leipzig, boom, there's your answer right there. You've got Oxlade Chamberlain coming back. Fine, you're going to tell me he's going to get injured again. I know you're going to do it. That's fine. Whatever. But Rion Brewster is so going to be a real deal. We're, 
Well, I don't have to tell you because you know that. But that, but that's what I'm saying. Like you guys are criticizing Liverpool for not bringing in players. But then, if you don't do that, and we let Rian Brewster go to to Rebel Leipzig or to the Bundesliga, you're gonna say, "Why did Liverpool no, just, like?" No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, saying you can't have your cake okay. and eat it too. Like we, if we have young players who are ready to break through at the team, then like that is a new player coming in. Like that's like it might not be a signing, but if you have the talent in the building, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean, that's how we're looking at Saka and Nelson as well. Like well for okay, so here's the main I mean, difference. That's, that's 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 not that's an understatement. Here's the main thing. difference. Arsenal are not like ready to win a league title now. They're building towards that. Liverpool are ready to win a right. league title right now, and that's where like when people would criticize like Chelsea back when Mourinho first arrived, and even as recently as like 2014 to 17 range, we won those two league titles, but we had to basically give up on players like Lukaku and De Bruyne and and Salah. When you have the chance to win a league title, you just go for it. You say, screw, like, we don't need the youth. Send them out on loan. Try and get a two-year loan if that's possible. Sell them with a buyback cost. Whatever you have to do. Like, the time for developing players is the time before you have a chance to win the league. When you have it right there in your grasp, you go and you prioritize getting that player that puts you over the edge. One more thing I wanted to mention about Liverpool that kind of has me doubting the league credentials specifically is that we've heard from Mohamed Salah mainly and I think a few other players that the Champions League was the goal for them. That's like the, the trophy that they grew up all wanting to win. They know the fans want the Premier League and how much it means to the English fans and how long it's been, but I don't know. Is there like a feeling of like we've kind of arrived? And I, I don't know if a Jurgen Klopp team works as well from like a, a place of like power and strength as they do from like an underdog level. Like I would be much more confident of Liverpool's chances of winning the league this year if they spend the majority of the season chasing Man City. If it's this, like a scenario like it is was last year, then I think they fall off and City win again. I think I think that underdog thing is still very much there with them, and I think that's still very much there for us. I don't like, think it I'm, is. You just won the lie. Champions League, dude. No, 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 that's, no. You're not the underdogs the anymore. Cha- but hold on here. They won the Champions League, and then Wijnaldum and Van Dyke went and lost the League Nations Cup. Mine yeah, but no one cares about that. Cup of Nation. Nope. You know, they care about that. That's like their credentials as a player. They like went and lost something, and now they're back. But also, too, like... They chased City the entire year last year, and we talked about it all the time with Liverpool. It had been since 2011, since the team won a trophy. They finally cracked through. Like, you don't think that this can't, that, that, like, we talked about it with Tottenham, that this is the moment that they can, like, continue to believe in the vision that Klopp has. Like, yeah, am I worried because City have two players at every position because they can pay every single one of them 175,000 pounds a week without worrying about it? Yeah, I'm worried about it. Is Manchester City probably 95% of people's votes to win the Premier League? Sure. I wouldn't put it I wouldn't Pour put it that it high anymore. I would say like 70 to 75. Like a lot of people are trying to get cute and pick Liverpool. Which, you know, isn't that cute? You guys just won the Champions League. I and yeah, we were a point behind City for the title. Like, I don't find it like hard to believe that these guys don't believe enough in like themselves and whatever to continue to move. And additionally, like I said, you've got players coming back from injury, and you've got players like nipping at these heels. Like Shakiri lost his spot to to Origi, and what did Origi do? Go and score game winning goals against Barcelona and Newcastle down the stretch. Now like Origi's back, and he's gonna he's got to prove him. He this is this is. Shit or get off the pot time for Divock Origi. Firmino out. I'm not saying Origi he's going to go. I didn't say that. Don't you dare put the, the fucking. Sell Firmino. Origi but, is the starting uh, yeah. center forward. I would have liked someone, but at the same time, I understand. Like, and also, too, Klopp talked about it last year. Like, They went and spent money last year that no one expected them to spend. No one expected them to spend 60 no, But everyone knew they were going to spend that Coutinho money, so they went and did it on the two positions they needed most. I. But they spent more than just that. They spent it on Fabinho. They spent big on Allison. Like the, there was tweets last year. Did Liverpool just buy the league? Like those were out there. So because half of the Coutinho money was spent immediately on Van Dijk. Yeah, and then the other half then, was on Allison. And no, more of most of the rest of it was on Fabinho, and then Allison was totally off entirely other stuff. So and then you also had the big payment to to Rebel Leipzig for for Naby Keita. They spent they had four huge purchases last summer. I get why they're not going. Like I'm not gonna I'm not playing the oh poor Liverpool we can't spend money card. I'm I'm just merely stating like 
We spent a lot of money last year. It may, I understand why we didn't spend it this year, and I know that we don't have the owners who are going to go spend like Manchester City. They're playing a different. They're playing a different style of game. It's just what it is. And yeah, I get it. I'm still going to pick them to win the league. I still definitely think it's a possibility, but it's going to be. It's going to come down to it. But when it came down to it, when the chips were on the table, they came down. They came back from three nothing down at Barcelona without two of our best players. I, I think we can I think we can do something this year again. It's all about mentality and it's all about Klopp keeping that mentality in the locker room. And let's see how like I think we have good kids and I think Klopp's the the manager who's going to work them in. I, there's there, there's an interesting game. prospect of do, do you need as many points this this season to win the league as uh, you did last year or for for either yeah, team City or Liverpool? Of, but I, I mean we talked right. about how uh, much a lot of the mid table teams have improved. There's a decent case to be made that the league winner might be high 80s, like not yeah. like 80 to 85 to 90 points rather than 97 or 98 like it was last year. I don't see Liverpool only losing one game this year. Yeah, probably not. It was pretty weird last year. <laughs> yeah. All right, that gets us to our golden boot winner, Javier. Who are you taking? My boy Aubameyang, repeat golden boot. Uh, I, to, because to, I, to be fair, yeah, so is Andrew. <laughs> he's picking a repeat yeah, golden boot. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm picking a repeat one. Uh, yeah, he's got two of his, he's got two of those at home. In case you haven't heard of him, his name's Mo Salah. Uh, oh, Aubameyang has like seven or eight, but they come from a bunch of different leagues. So you know, we don't count the farmers' leagues on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, Alex Alex was very like Alex put uh, someone down. But didn't put it in a code name here on our on our Google Doc. Listen, he scored goals at championship level. He had one chance at Premier League level. He's he's he maybe didn't take it the first time, but he's damn sure take he's are. damn sure taken it ever since then. It's Harry Kane. Harry Kane's gonna win the Golden Boot. <laughs> I'm drawing the comparison between Tammy Abraham and Harry Kane. I wrote Terry I, Ka- yeah, Terry Kanebraham in my uh, as my pick. Uh, I want to make these assholes so think saying- I was going to pick Tammy for a second there. I I think Tammy will be good, and I think there's a, a a a road laid ahead for him to have a breakout season. Maybe not quite as good as Harry Kane's breakout season when he first came back from his number of loans, similarly to, t- to Tammy Abraham. Uh, but I think Harry Kane replaces himself at the top of the Golden Boot winners. He, he won it the previous three years before last year, didn't he? Or no, Mohamed Salah the year before. But he had won three of them before that. I think he's back on the warpath. Yes. He's going to get a bunch of VAR penalties. He takes the penalties, and Aubameyang misses all of his penalties, and Mo Salah only gets to take every like third or fourth penalty because of James Milner. It depends on if. Yeah. 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 So don't Harry Kane, VAR Champions League pushes winner, him pushes him to Golden Boot. I'm gonna, uh so that's all three. Young player of the year. I'm gonna have Trent. I, I think he missed out on it last year, which was bullshit to Raheem Sterling, who won it for like the seventh time. Uh but yeah, I think Trent takes it. I don't I, I'm a little worried about Trent because he didn't have the best preseason, but I, I think he'll be fine in in the this season and continue to contribute to goals for Liverpool. Alex? The only reason I picked this player is because you guys picked the two most likely players, Trent and Javier. We'll get to Ndombele in a second, but I get just like a dark horse pick that I think, if the season goes his way, could uh, could be at least involved in that conversation is Phil Foden. Uh, I've just been hearing a lot from Pep this summer about his treatment of Foden the past two years how it kind of relates to Jadon Sancho leaving uh, two years ago to go to Dortmund when he was still like a young player. Um, it's clear to everyone that Phil Foden is absolutely good enough to maybe get to a world, to get to a world-class level someday and be like a, a fixture in this Manchester City team. Uh, D- David Silva has announced that he's leaving the club at the end of his contract after this season. I think you'll start to see uh, Foden phased more in more consistently into the starting lineup with and see like a dual Kevin De Bruyne, Phil, Phil Foden attacking midfielder set up with Rodri or Fernandinho just behind them. Uh, the Sané injury also helps uh, kind of in a domino effect because that will push Bernardo Silva more frequently to the wing and less to the middle of the field and give Foden more chances. Uh, once David Silva leaves next season, they could just go out and buy someone, but I, 
I trust Pep that he and what he said about Foden about how he's not treated him, how he how he deserves to be treated and given enough chances. He outright called himself out for that in a press conference. Uh, I, I think he gives Foden the chances this year, and he has a really good Premier League season. While David Silva maybe focuses a bit more on the uh, the Champions League fixtures. Javier, yeah, I've got uh, I've got Endumbele, uh, Endumbele coming from Lyon. Uh, you know, huge signing for for Spurs this year. Uh, from what I've seen from him in preseason, what I've seen on Lyon and for, for playing for France, I mean, he's an absolute monster. And I think he won't have much of an adjustment period in the Premier League. I think he's skilled enough and physical enough where he'll just hit the ground running. And I think he'll be a, he'll be a sensation this season. So I've got Ndombele as my uh, young player of the year. All right, let's go to player of the year. Javier, we'll, we'll stick with you here. Yeah, uh, previewing what Andrew had said of you know this guy winning seventeen young players of the year, I think it's time for him to to step it up and and win player of the year. I was thinking to myself like if City win the title again this year, who's going to be the player that the reason that it happens? And I think it's going to be Raheem Sterling. I think that you know he's just been on fire and an absolute monster for Manchester City over the last two seasons. And I think that Aguero uh, has been taking a little bit less of limelight. And, you know, maybe Jesus steps up, but I think it's going to be Raheem Sterling this year, and this is going to be his year. Um, he might even win the Golden Boot, which would be crazy. But, you know, I, I think he's just, you know, an awesome player, and he's developed so much under Pep. And, yeah, I think uh, I think this might be his year. So, Alex? Uh, going back to City, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, that would be the other reason that they could win the league. What? De Bruyne, obviously. I was going to say that would be the other like big player that could go off. But Well, I mean, among others, like they won the league basically without him last right. season. Obviously, now now they have Sané out for an extended period of time because of the ACL injury. But again, all roads lead towards a bunch of these other really talented City players just having uh, more of a role more consistently. And, you know, this is obviously with the assumption that uh, – <laughs> this is under the assumption that De Bruyne – has doesn't have another injury filled season if he's healthy i i think people kind of start to forget just how, like what other level he can take the city team to like 98 points was impressive last season without him but you know when they were even better the season before when they got 100 points and to me he was the player of the season that year not Mohamed salah so i i think he rises to his rightful place as the best player in the league now that eden hazard is gone all right so uh, Javier in our Google Doc thinks he's hilarious and types in my answer of Mo Salah. Uh, well, my is answer right? isn't Mo Salah. It's, it's not. It's not Mo Salah. What? It's Virginia Wijnaldum. Um. So in the Pep Guardiola era, they've won the league twice, but they've never had the coinciding Player of the Year. I I think we're gonna get the opposite of that because I'm sticking to my Liverpool are gonna win the league. I think Kevin De Bruyne's gonna continue to ball out, and Liverpool players will have a good year. De Bruyne will win Player of the Year, but Liverpool will win the league, continuing the trend of the last two seasons of the Player of the Year not winning the Premier League. Well, it's only so two seasons. That's not a, that's not exactly yeah. like a pattern, you know. N'Golo Kante yeah. won it when we won the league three seasons ago so it's not like a far and away yes, but he was the best player on Leicester but but do, do you know do you know how this comes off Andrew this comes off as you know we'll win the league we'll give you player of the year we've won that plenty yeah, exactly. of times like exactly that's it's the other thing about these that. awards we do need to put out there none of that crap matters and the players don't really give a shit who wins player of the year or young no, player of the year they care about what trophy their whole team is lifting over their head at the end of the season and how many of them. And if they get Young Player of the Year, cool. They get to go to an awards show and stand in front of cameras in a suit and hold this random trophy up that they've never seen before. So it's not that big of a deal. So I, I, it would, I just feel like people finally in year three of City's dominance recognize, hey, maybe a City player should win Player of the Year since they've been dominating everyone for as long as we can remember. So, but welcome, Andrew. Kevin De Bruyne, Player of the Year. I'm glad you agree. Uh, before we wrap up the pod, we're going to take a quick look at a couple of the bigger games coming up this weekend. Uh, we will put picks up on the Instagram. We're not going to put them up today. Uh, this has been a long enough pod as it is. Liverpool kick off the season Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock Eastern. They're taking on Norwich City at Anfield. 
the Canaries' first game back in the Premier League. Uh, I see this going. I, I think I think Norwich are going to give us a little bit of trouble. I don't think they're going to score, but uh, I think Liverpool are going to handle their business business well. Most uh, I don't know if Sadio Mane is going to start or not because he just rejoined the team, uh, but. And they played well enough with the 11 that they threw out against Manchester City to to draw them in regulation in the Community Shield last week. Um, I would imagine a very similar lineup tomorrow afternoon for Liverpool, I'm, but I'm going to say we're going to get a pretty convincing 2-0 victory from Liverpool, but Norwich get a couple of chances. 2-0? Okay. I was thinking like another 3 or 4-0. Just, I, I mean, I love Norwich, yeah, but be like three Enfield away is a brutal... You're, you're going yeah, to give them a and, nice welcome to the Premier League. Andrew, if Wolves, if their first game last season had been Anfield away, do you think they would have gotten the 2-0 loss that they got in the last game of the season at Anfield? I don't think so. I think well, I, I think, think Liverpool wiped them wiped the floor. Right, but that's what I'm saying. I think Liverpool still wiped the floor with them. So as good as Norwich are, first game up in the Premier League at Anfield, that's you've got You've got a, you've got a good night. disciple, though. You've got a Jurgen Klopp disciple on the other side of the pitch. Like, sure. You, this is a guy, like, you got to remember we, that. We've like, seen how that's gone in the past. <laughs> well, yeah, he wins all of them, but he doesn't always win them, like, amazingly. We only blew out Huddersfield a couple of times. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably say 3-0 or 4-0. 3-0, fine. Yeah, I got 3-0, too. All right. Uh, then that takes us to, well, there's... Uh, West Ham, Manchester City is the bright and early game, and then you've got a bunch of mid-table and, and lower teams at the 10 o'clock. Tottenham takes on uh, Aston Villa at 12.30 on Saturday, but that brings us to Sunday. Uh, Leicester Wolves is actually a very good game at 9 o'clock, by the way. like That, that game's, game's going to be a bloodbath. I would really like to watch that, but instead I'll probably be watching Newcastle and Arsenal. Uh, Javier, how do you feel about traveling to St. James's Park? Pretty, early in the season? pretty happy. We're going there first game of the season. It's not, haven't really ever had that much trouble with them in the past. I mean, knock on wood, but I think that just considering their summer transfer window and that they have Steve Bruce, I mean, I think they're just gonna hunker down, try and play defensively, and you know, get us on set pieces. So as long as we 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 drill the set pieces this week, I think. I think we'll be we'll be okay. They'll throw their big joke. But then you're adding David yeah, Luiz, who's a set piece liability. Is he? So, oh, shit. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm just. I, I think. But he can also give it. He can take that long screen. Yeah, yeah. T- twice a season, sure. <laughs> what What are you picking as your uh, result, Javier? I'm gonna say three one Arsenal. I'll say two one. I don't really like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one Arsenal, uh, and then that brings to Chelsea with the tough test, the the big the big game of this, the opening weekend, which is at eleven thirty. Manchester United hosting Chelsea. I'm kind of bullish on United in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say United two one at home, but. I could see a I could see a two two draw. I wouldn't be afraid that's, to hedge my. That's bet that's what I'm going. Draw. I'm going I'm going two two draw. And I haven't looked up any bets on that yet. But I'm willing to I'm willing to suggest that there's probably some pretty good odds on the exact scoreline. I'm going to say one nil United. And I'm pulling up with Fandle. Andrew where I feel like there's a little bit of momentum with United right now, especially with their window and maybe a little bit of feel good feeling. So hopefully they got Lukaku out, Hound up top. Yeah, I think it's just Chelsea might need a little bit of time to gel. Uh, this team, th- I think it might take them a little time to find their talisman. And until they do, they might struggle, especially in these big six games. Uh, so, you could get really good odds on a ch- just a generic draw between Chelsea and Manchester United, plus 230 for the draw on okay. FanDuel right now. That's that's good. That you put ten bucks on that, you win twenty three dollars. You win thirty three. You cash well, out. You could probably win even more for exactly two two. And as the person who's probably watched the most preseason games of Chelsea and United, like all seven of Chelsea's, and then like plus thirteen hundred. And then like two two plus thirteen hundred. Yeah, everyone, go place that bet right now. Two two Sunday. Chelsea have been playing high pressing, wide open. Basically, Sarismo, <laughs> since Frank uh, became head coach, he's just basically built off of what we were trying to do last season. Uh, we've been a sieve at the back on set pieces, so I'm sure United will get a goal or two or maybe even three. 
but I don't think I, I think the same things you mentioned about uh, Chelsea not being fully settled yet. You can probably say about United's defense. I'm assuming Maguire slots in, uh, even if he does. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of time to try and get used to playing with his new teammates. I, I think we are able to take advantage of a couple of chances, a couple of really good chances, and uh, get a goal or two. But I think we, it, yeah, I would agree. It's probably too much to reach for the uh, for the Chelsea win, obviously. But I'll, I'll go two two. All right, uh, that wraps up the first pod. Uh, we've gonna we've but stay tuned. We've got a tra- full transfer review. We're gonna go through the entire Premier League. We're gonna get everybody a grade and A to F scale. Uh, so just look out for that. Thank God the Premier League's back. Until next time. Oh wait, wait, wait. Follow us on social media at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92, at GhostGoldPod, at JavierRev9. Join the Fantasy League, which I still have to do hand up. Before, uh, gonna... before when, when's the Liverpool game tomorrow? It's a 3 or 2.45? 3 p.m. Eastern. So 2 p.m. Eastern. Get your team in before 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Ghost we'll Gold the... Podcast Fan League, a league code DMVNC0. It's on our socials also, at GhostGoldPod. Yeah, I'm going to go set up my team while we're doing the next pod. Up, so. um, yeah. uh, until next time. Thorough.